0: You're listening to Upstart, a caffeinated and daily devotional podcast to grow, learn, and encourage with Pastor Justin Love. Welcome to Episode 3 of Upstart, a caffeinated and daily devotional to help us grow, learn, and encourage as we study the Word of God. Grab whatever you're drinking today, whether it's coffee or, or milk or tea or, or, or whatever. Grab a quick sip. And let's jump right in to the Word of God this morning. Today, I want to talk to us in our devotional about viewing the world through the lens of the resurrection. Viewing the world through the lens of the resurrection. With, with Easter quickly approaching, I want us to examine the necessity of the resurrection and what it really means for the Christian and the Christian's worldview or how we view the world And here's why we need to really think on the resurrection, especially around Easter time and especially with what's going on in the world right now with the COVID-19 outbreak. We need to understand that the resurrection is not just a grand miracle. It is a grand miracle, but it's not just that. It's not just the fact that a man rose out of the grave. We need to also understand that it's not just a significant event. It is a extremely significant event. It's, it's the most significant event in all of human history. But it's not just a significant event. It's not also just a theological idea or, or adding to our robust theology. Uh, it's not just the fact that we can put it into a list of ideas like every other theology that we see in the Bible. It's all of that. It's a grand miracle. It's a significant event of the world. It's a theological idea and truth, and it's more than that. In fact, the the resurrection is so vitally important to the Christian that without the resurrection, nothing else matters. Nothing else, it, The resurrection is the proof in the pudding that our faith is real. That 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 the Christian that the Christian has something real to grasp onto, that the Christian has something real to offer to the world because of the life, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without the resurrection, everything else that Jesus did is for nothing. It doesn't matter what kind of rules or how he told us to live if he didn't rise out of the grave. It doesn't matter that all the all the grand healings that he did if he doesn't rise out of the grave he just becomes another guy but because he is who he says he is but and because he did what he did and because of the way that he died and because he was buried and because he was risen on the 3rd day according to the scriptures the resurrection is the most important event miracle Theological idea and truth in human history. It is cosmic in scheme, and yet it is simple enough for a five year old to understand and know that Jesus is alive, he is resurrected. And so there are a couple of things I want us to be able to do today as we examine what it means to view the world through the lens of the resurrection. And really understanding the necessity of not just believing believing the resurrection, but knowing down deep in our bones that Jesus truly is resurrected and allowing it to bear its weight on the life of the Christian. And so we're going to examine that through the lens of the Apostle Paul as he writes in First Corinthians chapter fifteen. If you haven't read the the book of First Corinthians, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church on a, a whole a, a whole host of premises, but surrounding the idea of unity. One of the main problems that we see within within the book of First Corinthians is that the the Corinthian church, the members of the church are in this constant one-upmanship. They want to they better each other. They want to be more wise than one another. They want to be more powerful than one another. They want to be richer than one another. They, they want to be seen. They want to be known. They, wa- they want to uh, have the earthly stuff. And so one of the things that was coming up and, and is typical in Greek thought is the idea that the, a resurrected body was not something to be desired. And here's why. They, they viewed the body as a bad thing. They viewed the body as a bad thing. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. That they be, they believed that the body would be destroyed. And so you can go ahead and defile it as much as you want. That's what they were arguing for. And, and Paul tells them lovingly. No, no, no. The, the resurrection is coming. Like, Don't defile your bodies because you think they're going to be destroyed. In fact, God is going to resurrect your body that you're defiling. And so, you need to know that you are bought with a price, that, that your body is for the Lord. And so, they had this idea of the resurrection that was really faulty. That they had this idea because of, of Greek thought, Greek philosophy, it was that the, the body was bad. And so, when people heard of the resurrection, they, they imagined almost a zombie like at the worst that uh, people would be dragging their hanging off leg behind them. or uh, I, and That would be like the worst image that they could possibly have uh, of a coming resurrection. And so Paul telling uh, the Greeks, especially in Corinth, saying that we would have resurrected bodies, really concerned a lot of them because they had this idea in their head that the resurrection was not a good thing, that they would be resurrected to perishable bodies, bodies that that would break down or decay or be decayed or stay in the state that we are here on the earth right now. And so I personally have to wear glasses just because I, I can't see far away. And so uh, many people in in the first century had that problem as well, as many of you who are listening might have that problem as well. Having to wear glasses or, or maybe you have back pain or maybe you have knee pain or, or X, Y, and Z reasons. And so when they heard of the resurrection, the best possible outcome they saw was possessing those limitations still. Possessing those limitations. And so they thought that essentially if I went into the grave with bad eyesight, when the resurrection happens, I'm still going to have bad eyesight. I'm still gonna have knee pain, or I'm still gonna have joint pain, I'm still gonna have back pain. Um, the, the 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 aches and the pains and the sicknesses and the disease that I have, I'm still gonna have when I come out of the grave. And so they had this really bad picture of what the resurrection was gonna be. And so Paul has to lovingly correct the idea of the resurrection. Also, he has to correct the fact that there were some that were proclaiming that the resurrection actually, actually wasn't going to occur. That they were going to be only spiritually resurrected, not physically resurrected. And so Paul, in 1 Corinthians 15, corrects a couple of things. He corrects first that there is going to be a real resurrection, but he does it in an interesting way. He, he puts it forward and says, okay, if, if you want to proclaim that there is no resurrection from the dead... Then we have to suffer the consequences of what you say would be true. And so he chases that out just as we're going to chase out here. So we're going to see the natural consequence if there was no if there was no resurrection. In First Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse twelve, Paul writes this Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? Now see, Paul begins this section presupposing. That Jesus is actually raised. Verse 13 says, But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching and your faith is in vain. So what's he saying? That everything we've proclaimed to you is in vain. And everything you've believed in then, if Jesus isn't raised, is in vain. Verse 15, And even we are Found to be misrepresenting God. He's saying that we, not just misrepresenting, but we're testifying against God because we testified about God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. Verse 16 For if the dead are not raised, even Christ has not been raised. And so he's going to take us through the natural progression now. Verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Now that that's some heavy weight there. Paul is lovingly telling us that we must believe in the resurrection we must believe in the resurrection in verses 1 through 11 paul gives a historical account that the apostles saw jesus crucified that he was crucified in the in the manner that the old testament pointed to and that he was raised in accordance buried and raised in accordance with the scriptures and then jesus appeared physically over 500 people and when Paul wrote this most of those people were still alive. And so he provides this historical evidence that the resurrection actually did occur. And then in verses 12 through 19, 12 through 19, Paul says, "Okay, if but some of you are saying that there actually is no resurrection, so let's look at the implications if there is no resurrection." Well, first he says that your faith is futile. You, your faith has no bones to it. There's no meat to it. You, you you essentially have a empty faith because there is no resurrection. You have no hope. And he says you are still in your sins. So even if we're even if you believe all of what we've told you, but there is no resurrection, you're still in your sin. And. and Paul writes that because you, we need to understand the Old Testament idea of what it meant to to die. In one sense, in the Old Testament, in terms of justification and righteousness, the reason why people die is because of the imputed guilt of Adam. Now, that's a big phrase, basically saying that. What Adam did and his guiltiness is given to every other human. He is our representative or federal head. He represents all of humanity to God. And because he represented humanity, his sin and the guilty, that guilt of that sin is passed down to us. Because he is our first representative. And so because of that, every person dies. Physically, every person must die. So when Jesus appears on the scene, if Jesus goes into the grave and doesn't come back out of the grave, it means that he did not accomplish what he said he was going to accomplish. He would not have been the lamb to take away the sins of the world had Jesus not resurrected. Had Jesus not resurrected, he would not be the lamb. He would not be the atoning sacrifice. He would not be the propitiation. He he would not be uh, the man for us. Then he says, "And those who have fallen asleep in Christ, or those who have died, hoping in Christ, believing in His resurrection, have perished. Because what happens if we are to die in our sins without a atonement, without something taking away our sins, making us righteous before God? We perish. We we meet God in judgment." And he will pour out his wrath and justice upon us. So if Christ hasn't been raised, if Christ has not been resurrected by the power of God, those who have already fallen asleep, those who have died in Christ, truly have perished. And then he says, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, on this side of eternity. if we if we only hope if we only have hope in Christ on this side of eternity and not for for forever because Jesus hasn't been raised, then we of all people are to be pitied why? Because it costs something to be a Christian, it, especially in the first century. It costs something. And, and look around the world where Christians are being persecuted. It costs something to be a Christian and they know it costs something. And so he says, if we have hope in Christ in this life only, then why are we doing any of this? We, of all people, should be most pitied. Because we're we're still in our sins. We still go into the grave. We we still have to meet God in judgment. And so if, if Jesus has not been resurrected, then the Christian has no hope. The Christian has no hope. But because Christ is raised the Christian does have hope. Verse 20 says this, but in fact Christ has been raised from the grave. Praise God for that. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So this is how this is the first part of being able to view the world through the resurrection. Because Jesus is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, the first to be risen from the grave. Jesus' resurrection is the guarantee of our resurrection. Put it simply, because he went first, we shall follow. Because he was resurrected from the grave, we too shall be resurrected from the grave. Verse 21, For at for by a man came death, that was Adam, but, and by a man has also come the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ... Shall all be made alive, but each in his own order, Christ, the first fruit, so Christ comes first, and then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when the when he delivers the kingdom to God, the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and every power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And that's the second way we're going to view the world through the resurrection is that Jesus is actively reigning and he is on his victory processional. He is conquering over the final enemy, death. You see, the resurrection is the exclamation point, the finalization of God's declared victory over sin and death. In the Old Testament, you could summarize the the events like this. Because of Adam's sin, every man had to go before God and drink the cup of wrath, which was death. And no man could drink it. But Jesus stepped before the Father, took the cup, and drank every drop of God's wrath, turned the cup upside down, and it was empty. You could summarize it like that. And because Jesus was able to do that for us, Jesus finalizes God's victory seals God's victory over sin and death and delivers that victory to us as Christians and so we need not fear death we need not fear anything in the world why because Jesus has total and complete victory he actively reigns over the earth. He actively reigns over every spiritual force and he actively reigns over sin and death. And when he does return finally to announce the resurrection at the final trumpet of God to announce the victory, death and sin will be done away with. Death will be conquered. And finally, the the last way that we can we can know. Or, or the the last <clears throat> and finally, the last way we're going to view the world through the resurrection is that the Christian truly does have hope. That everything we go through has purpose. Because of the resurrection, because of the ultimate promise of God, the Christian in this life does not just have hope only in this life, but hope in the age to come we have hope eternally because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ so we can suffer everything we can suffer through every plague and every persecution and every pestilence we can suffer through through disease we can suffer through loss we can suffer suffer through economic disparity we can we can suffer through depressions we can suffer through the cloudy and dark days of the soul we can we can suffer in in every form of life why because we know that when the resurrection happens we too shall be raised to life just as our lord was raised to life and we shall inherit an eternal kingdom with Christ as our king he says in verse 58 therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the lord knowing that in the lord Your labor is not in vain. And that is how we view the world through the resurrection. That we abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord our labor, our suffering, our victories, our our everything in this life is not in vain. Why? Because we have eternal hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I hope you're encouraged this morning, knowing that we can view the world through the resurrection, especially as Easter quickly approaches in our day. And I hope and I pray that you find a church, whether it's online or you're able to to participate in Easter, I pray that you would. I pray that you celebrate the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that everything we do, for the Lord that our labor is not in vain because the Lord Jesus is resurrected and it is promised to us because Jesus truly is alive and he is coming back quickly. I hope you're encouraged this morning. I hope you have a great day. Join us tomorrow for episode four of Upstart. See you then.